The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. All right, and thanks for joining us today. We are going to be talking with Susan Adler. She is a licensed clinical social worker and an author, which she will talk about. And she, her background is really uh, specializing in marital counseling, premarital counseling, and post Uh, divorce recovery counseling. And so with all of that, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us. And I guess, you know, just kind of as a, um, just to jump right into this, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how you define um, marriage, you know, how that fits in, you know, in the general scope of relationships, just kind of your own perspective and, uh, you know, based on your experiences and whatnot with that? With a healthy marriage? Yeah, with a healthy marriage or marriage in general. Just what, you know, what is it and how do people differentiate between what's healthy and what isn't? Well, you know, I think that, you know, the big thing that think, people think about when they think about um, marriage or a healthy marriage is love. And I think love is really, really important. The only thing is it's, it's usually not enough to, to really cement a relationship. So when I think of a healthy marriage, I think of love in, that's the kind of love in a healthy way um, and that there's a lot more to the marriage than just love. There's a whole bunch of other um, elements. Should I go into those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the big thing I think of, the thing that is really, I think, underrated is respect. It's not something people really talk about that much. It really doesn't come up as much as, as I would think. But um, that's an area I think that really you can, you can define a healthy marriage by one that, you know, has a, a lot of different elements. And one of the most important elements, I think, is, is respect, a mutual respect for each other and for differences as well as the way that you're similar. Um, but that really encompasses a lot, I think, th- that the issue of, of respect. And then having, uh, obviously, a connection, an exclusive uh, connection. So there's a sense of weeness and a sense of couple time, but that it also allows for individuality. It also allows for people to not just be overly close, um, but have connections with other people, have relationships, um, you know, friendships, family, other commitments, um, obviously, uh, a healthy marriage is one where there's there's no no types of affairs, not regular affairs or emotional affairs, and then there that also with that exclusive connection is a is a sense of uh, of a sexual connection is also really important. 
um, and and commitment that that this is permanent, that there's not a lot of threats to leave on a regular basis or even just periodically. And then also in a marriage that that there's safety, that it feels not just emotionally safe in the sense of there's no verbal abuse, but physically safe, um, that you don't, you're not afraid of, of, of being hurt um, or, or feeling threatened, even if there's no um, abuse, uh, that there's no sense of that there's going to be abuse. Um, and then, you know, the ability to just resolve conflict. There's so many people I've, I've worked with or that I know that really love each other and really respect each other. Um, and have have a connection and that exclusivity, and they're in there. You know, they really want to be there forever, and they have that sense of permanence. But they have no tools for resolving conflict. Whenever there's conflict, that things just escalate, and they just don't even know uh, how to do it. So, in a healthy marriage, that's one of the things you look for is that they do have some tools. They do have some idea of how to handle things when things uh, when they disagree, um, or when someone makes a mistake, or someone hurts someone's feelings. Um, and also that there's a sense of being able to honor each other's needs, that even when the needs compete and when I want to do something, the other person does it, but that I care about the fact that, that the other person has um, these needs, um, that there's a sense of empathy. And then the last thing, I think, in a, in a really healthy marriage, and this is like a, not every marriage has to have this, but this is like a goal, is that you can inspire each other, that you can bring out the best um, in each other. And you'd be surprised how many people don't even think about that as right. an option, let alone have that. But I think if you put it out there, if you have that kind of energy, that that's what you want um, in your relationship, um, then it might come back to you. Um, so it's just something to to embrace is that I, idea of, of being able to, to inspire one another. So that's that's a lot of different elements that you talked about and i know you know just like listening to it i'm i'm wondering just for the sake of listeners because some you know some of our listeners may not um know necessarily what these different elements are that you're talking about and you know before i ask like some questions about that as you were talking you know one of the things that came to mind too is really um having good communication too. Is that something that you feel is, is, is an element of a healthy marriage? Yeah, I think that's an element of all of that. I think that Of you, all of that. You know, okay. Well, that you communicate love, that you communicate respect, that you communicate, you know, connection. I mean, each one of those um, has to have that element that you can resolve conflict through, through communication, that you honor each other's needs, you know, all, that you have empathy. I mean, all these things are all elements of, of being able to communicate in a way that, um, that is healthy um, and that, you know, that feels comfortable for both people. You know, sometimes one person feels like we're communicating and the other one doesn't. Or sometimes one person devi- defines communicating as you agree with me, <laughs> you know. So right. It's, it's how you define communication as well. Right. So it also sounds like that um, that there is this sense of being able to communicate all of these different elements and pieces and, and even how other people hear that. So it, it's kind of like a dual thing almost. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's, um, let's you know, because I really like a lot of these elements that um, that you mentioned, you know, and, and I often hear this a lot, you know, in relationships as well, you know, that, that, that there is a lot more to a relationship, a healthy marriage, um, than love. So when you say love is is definitely an uh, an important component. What exactly do you mean by that? What have how have you seen it or define it in a healthy marriage? 
Well, you know that you just, you want to be with the person. I mean, that's that's why love is such an interesting concept because people can say, yeah, I love this person, but I gotta hate going home. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I don't want to be there, you know, or he makes me crazy, you know, and, you know, but the sense of love, meaning love, you want to be with this person. You Mm -hmm. want to be connected with them. You have an attraction to them as a human being, not just on a sexual level um, and not just on an emotional level, but on all of these levels, um, that you're you're drawn to them, that they interest you, um, that, you know, you care about what they have to say, um, that that you want to, you want them, you want a mutual kind of um, being able to protect each other and, and help each other and nurture each other through life's difficulties that you see each other, you know, I talk about the sense of that, of weeness, you know, that you, you, you see each other, you see yourselves as a couple, you know, it's amazing to me how, how little uh, of a sense there is in that in a lot of couples that they're a couple, that they're married, that they have the marriage certificate, but the way they behave is really parallel. It's really not intertwined. It really isn't that connection and that communication that you were talking about. Oh, can you give an example of that? So what, what, what are some examples of of this sense of when when a couple doesn't have this sense of weeness? Um, well, you know, I see a lot of couples that are just kind of doing their own thing. They don't they don't mm. communicate. They you know I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to pick up the kids and then I'm going to you know and you know everyone is so involved in their own t- list of tasks you know, or, or they're mm-hmm. so involved in their, in their job, or they're so involved with taking care of a sick mother or father or, you know, whatever it is, that they just don't have a sense of we time. That's why one of the things that I, um, that is like mandatory when I do marital therapy <laughs> is, 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 is a time for connection every day and a time for like a date night, um, that is every uh, every week, and that it's a it's a primo time, you know, like it's a Saturday night. It's not Friday night or Sunday night. <laughs> you, you know, it's the, it's the you know the best time so that um, you develop that sense of of connection. My favorite metaphor for a marriage is that it's like a garden um, that you know. And a lot of times we spend so much more energy, for example, on our car. You know, every day you have to think, how much gas do I have in it? You know, when was the last time I serviced it? I got a bunch of crap in it. I got to get rid of it. It's really messy. You know, we're constantly (laughs) thinking about what we have to do for our car. But how often are we thinking about what do I need to put into this marriage? How do I need to grow this marriage? And, you know, for a garden, if it doesn't get sunlight, it doesn't have seeds, it doesn't get water, you know, if it doesn't get these basic things, then it's going to die. And so many people, they're, they're good people, they love their partner, but they're just not investing in their relationship, and it dies. And they're both sitting there going, how did that happen? How yeah. could that possibly have happened? And they're so surprised and so dismayed, yet if they had taken some time to put the maintenance into it and put the energy into it and the time into it, um, then that love could have, you know, could have been growing all these years, and they could have had a partner to help them through all of the challenges that they had faced individually or as a community or whatever the challenges were, or, you know, their children or whatever. Um, and instead, they grew apart, and that's what's so sad to me. Yeah, and it and it sounds like I mean, unless they actually dread going home, like what you mentioned earlier, then they may not want to be investing in that. Yet at the same time, what I'm 
what I'm hearing is that it sounds like that's something that, um, you know, for listeners that may want to be working on their marriage or figuring out how they can move forward in it, it sounds like one thing that you're suggesting is really looking at how do they currently um, invest in it? How do they maintain it? What are some of those things that they do right now? You know, like, and that's a, such a great analogy too with the car that, you know, if you're spending more time thinking about um, maintaining your car than your marriage, then maybe that's that's a good starting place. Is that is that like a good starting place for you? Yeah, I, I encourage people to wake up every day and think about what am I going to do today to make my marriage better? What am mm. I going to put into my marriage? And most people are thinking, what a jerk he was or she was. Why didn't they do this? You know, why, I, you know, I would have done that. And why mm-hmm. didn't, you know, we, we spend so much more energy put into the negative when it comes to our intimate relationships that if we flipped it and instead thought about what, what can I do to make it better? Like, how can I take responsibility for making it better? And what can I put into it? What can I invest in it? Um, and you know, how could I, another thing I like to encourage people to do is to surprise and delight their spouse. So when you think about what you're going to put into it, a lot of people think about what they want to put, have their partner do and what they want their partner to do may not be at all what their partner wants or needs. You know, well, I would like you to rub my back. Um, whereas their partner hates to have the back rubbed and he would really like if you would just give him some time alone or if you would just tell him how, how wonderful he is or how helpful he was. You know, everyone has, you know, they call it the language of love, but to really put some energy into thinking, what is really going to surprise and delight my partner or make my partner feel loved today or just feel connected to me or just give him a smile and, and feel good about themselves or about me or about the relationship and, you know, to do that. And usually that kind of thing can take a a minute of your time. I mean, it could take 30 seconds. It can just be a look. It can be a touch. It can be a glance. It can be um, one woman would, you know, put a little note on her her husband's um, shirt in the morning because she left earlier than he did. And so, you know, he would wake up to, you know, have a great day or I love you or whatever, you know, just little things that they know they would get a kick out of. And, you know, just doing that, following through with it and making it happen. So doing little things that um, may make the your spouse's day and not just thinking only about yourself, like what's going to make your day. Yeah. And not just thinking about what they did wrong. You know, that's another thing that I talk a lot about is is the glass half full, you know, that when a marriage is going badly or before it's going badly, a lot of time people are spending energy thinking about what their spouse didn't get right. Um, Uh, So I encourage people to flip that and think about what their spouse did get right. And on that note, we'll we'll be, on that note, we'll be right back after this quick break. Stay tuned. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. 
Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and thanks for staying tuned and listening in. We are talking with Susan Adler, who's a licensed clinical social worker, about healthy marriages and components of a healthy marriage and all kinds of things that fit into that. And before we uh, went to break, you were talking about you know some really um, neat um, steps that listeners can potentially take to move forward in their marriage. You know, one thing you mentioned was what are some things that may surprise and delight their partner? Like you mentioned, uh, putting little notes, you know, for their spouse on their clothing or with their breakfast or whatever. And then you also mentioned, um, thinking about what, what does the partner do right? And I'm wondering if you can elaborate a little bit more on how, how that does help um, and maintain, as we were talking about from before, maintain a, a healthy marriage. Well, you know, some of the research that's come out talks about um, partners that uh, ruminate, uh, particularly when the male partner tends to ruminate and think a lot about, uh, they, they call it like negative rehearsing. They rehearse in their head over and over again the things that their spouse does wrong or um, that makes them angry or whatever. And so I encourage people to do the opposite which is to stead, to, to ruminate and think a lot about the things that they do right and the reasons why they're in love with them and what's wonderful about uh, the relationship and about how they feel when they're with um, that person. To, so to kind of fill that up um, as right. opposed to filling up the negative, you know, it's all about the energy that you put in. If you, you know, right. I always say, you know, positive energy and positive energy out. If you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. So, you know, if you're putting negative thoughts about your marriage in, and that's not to say that you can fix your marriage by just thinking positive things. About it. <laughs> Obviously, there's a whole heck of a lot that goes into it besides that. But that is that is a component is to notice when they do make a change for the positive or they do do something that uh, that makes you happy. And and so even acknowledging that to the to the person um, sounds like that can be helpful in maintaining or improving a marriage. And you would be so surprised how infrequently that happens. I mean, really? you know, on our list of things to do are, you know, there's all this stuff. 
Um, and, you know, complaining takes a priority over everything. You know, we never forget about what we need to complain about. <laughs> but when I ask in a session, you know, did you tell her that when, you know, when someone tells me, oh, they, you know, their partner did something really nice, there's always this, like, moment of quiet, like, oh, I don't remember. And usually that means, yeah, I didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, okay. just, yeah, like you said, acknowledge um, that, that they did something that was, that was important, that was useful, that was good, that made them feel good. And then, you know, when you, when you put that in, the other person wants to, to put, give that back, you know, yeah. and that's when you know a marriage is not going to work is when you put in something positive and the other person doesn't feel like doing anything positive back or they feel uh-huh. like doing negative. Um, but in most cases, when there's any hope at all, when one person starts to change, when one person starts to do something positive, um, then the other person feels like doing something positive. It, it inspires them to want to also change their behavior. So a lot of times people, you know, say, well, you know, I want, you know, I don't want to talk to my spouse about coming into counseling yet, you know, um, and it's to start with just one person is, is fine because once one person raises the bar, the other person um, is going to want to meet that if there's any hope at all for the relationship. So let me, let me just, um, just kind of take a different stance here. I, what I'm thinking of is like, okay, so, you know, maybe a listener is hearing this and they're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I want to try that. I'm going to try not to ruminate on the negative stuff and, and try to focus on the positive. And I'm curious, you know, in that perspective, when, I mean, is there a point where those things that are being ruminated about need to be discussed or need to be, um, you know, a person needs to go to counseling. I mean, how, how does somebody know like what to, you know, let go of and, and not focus on because they want to shift, you know, the energy in the marriage or something. Does that, I'm not sure if that came out right. They're not mutually exclusive just because you're going to focus on positive things. Doesn't mean you're going to ignore the the negative things, the things that are destructive or bad for the, for the marriage. Uh, But it's usually a a change in how you approach it. You know, a, a, a lot of us, when we're, when we're pissed off or we're fed up or whatever, we just come at the other person, you know, you know, right. you, you make me mad, you hurt me, you're, you know, you're always doing the wrong thing, you know, whatever. And uh, what we need is what they call a soft startup. And the soft startup is um, where you approach the person about something, but you, you start off in a connecting kind of way. And my favorite thing is to tell people to remind the person about when the person did it right. So in other words, let's say the spouse is always late, um, you know, coming home to be able to say, you know what, on Thursday you came home early and boy, it made my day. I just can't tell you how happy that made me. Mm. Um, and, you know, let, let's talk about what happened that day that you were able to do that because that was just so awesome. So again, you inspire the other person to want to change their behavior. You know, when someone feels criticized, normally, you know, the other person gets defensive. Right. And they they it, it becomes polarized where they're not they're not now they're never going to change. <laughs> the last thing they're going to do is change because you're telling them what to do. And adults, for the most part, don't like to be told what to do unless we have to be told what to do. But in our intimate relationships, we don't really want to be told what to do. Um, but but we are you know more apt to change if we think that the um, uh, we're going to make somebody happy um, because for the most part you want to make your partner happy. 
Right. And for the, a lot of these things aren't that hard to do differently, you know, um, but we're just not thinking that way and we're not communicating with each other in a way that is inspiring each other to change. And they sound like, I mean, so far that you've mentioned, you know, the, the things that um, individuals can do in a, in a marriage are, are, are small things. We're, we're not talking about huge, drastic changes here. Well, it depends. You okay. Know, I mean, it, it, I guess that we are, those are the things we're talking about now. Right, right. <laughs> well, some, what you've talked about so far. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. There are some things that are drastic. I mean, sometimes the problem is alcoholism and the person needs an intervention and it's drastic. It's, you yeah. know, it's time consuming, it's expensive, it's uh, emotionally draining. I mean, you know, um, if there's obviously abuse in the relationship, I mean, you know, some problems are enormous um, and right. do require drastic changes. But a lot of these things are, yeah, they're kind of nuanced. I mean, they're not, they're not drastic things. And, um, and they can create, you know, in therapy, they say create a context for change. They can, you know, create an environment where change is possible. Um, and sometimes there's, there's real simple things you can do to start creating that environment. And then things start changing, you know, quickly. You know, I just uh, recently saw a couple that, you know, there was a lot of things going on, but they they just needed, you know, six sessions, five, I don't even think it was six uh, sessions to start uh, having different energy for each other. And, mm. and things started changing. Things started percolating. And, you know, I'm curious then if you've run into like, so, you know, we're talking about here, here, here are here's something that couples can do. They can create this context for change by, you know, with the nuances, as you mentioned, these small steps that they can start taking to, as you put it, create a different energy in their marriage. And I'm just wondering if you've heard from people like, well, why do I need to be the one to do this? Why can't he or she be the one to do this? Is that something that comes up where they want the other person to, you know, to take that responsibility? That, I think you just put your finger on the biggest problem in marriages. <laughs> that, I okay. think, is the single biggest problem, is that everyone wants their partner to be the one that's cha- changing, because they're oh. seeing it from their point of view. Right. And from their point of view, I am the victim, and he is the bad guy, or she is the bad guy. And, you know, when you can start changing things is when people stay, take a step away from that position because that position is what got them in the problem in the first place because their partner has the same position. So right. that means there's nobody there that is going to change. There's nobody that's taking responsibility for their behavior. Everybody is just mad or hurt or sad. Yeah. And, you know, that, that that's not a context for change, right? So the biggest step you can take is to look at yourself. And, you know, I just call it looking in the mirror, you know, look at yourself and say, you know what, there may be a couple of things I could do differently here that would make things better. Yeah. You know, he, he's, uh, he, you know, I don't like the way he talks to me or, you know, whatever it is, but you know what, I, I could be talking to him about that in a different way that wouldn't just make it worse every time uh, and wouldn't mm. make us end up in a screaming match or, or I can stop pretending it's not happening and just, you know, walking away and have a conversation in a different way. So when people start experimenting with alternative behaviors of their own, as mm-hmm. opposed to just dumping and piling on what all the things that, that's happening with their partner that are wrong. And that's not to say that all the things their partner is doing aren't wrong. They probably are. 
<laughs> that doesn't mean that what you're doing also isn't contributing to it and that you could be looking at it at yourself because adults can change other uh, can change themselves. It's very rare that they're going to change another adult that much. But if yeah. you do have power, more power over changing yourself. Than the other person. Right. Right. And it sounds like, I mean, what I'm hearing too is that there really is this notion of, you know, for every action, there's a reaction philosophy in that if you're changing your actions and looking at how you're contributing to whatever the issue may be, that it may alternatively create a different reaction from someone else. Exactly. Oh, okay. Wow, that's that's good. So, so it sounds like not only is this, um, you know, like these components that you mentioned important for a healthy marriage. It also sounds like the other piece to that is 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 taking responsibility for your own actions and reactions and seeing, you know, how those may contribute to whatever's going on in the marriage. Exactly. Oh, okay. So. Um, you know, just to kind of get back to this um, soft approach um, in the, in less than a minute that we have left, what what might be another way to bring that up? Like, let's say um, a couple's fighting about money, because I know that tends to be a huge thing for a lot of arguments. Um, what might be a soft approach to that? Well, you know, I guess it depends, you know, on what what exactly the problem is. But I think one of the things in general that is helpful is, uh, as I said, is to first say something positive, like, I appreciate, you know, that you work so hard and that you're helping to support um, our family. Um, And then to uh, take some responsibility yourself, which is to say, and you know what, I'm not always the greatest with, with, with budgeting to tell you the truth, you know, I, I could do some improvements. And I wanted to talk to you about both of us um, kind of sitting there and, and looking at our budget and, and ways that we can both contribute to making things better. So you kind of put it in a positive way mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, you know, you've been gambling or you've been, right. you know, you've been pissing away all of our money and you're such a jerk and, you're, you know, and then you catastrophize, you know, and, and when we're going to lose the house and, you know, and just kind of creating this crisis and drama and pain and negative energy on, on the problem, whereas you can kind of back up and do it in a, in a completely different way. Um, because, you know, they say, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over yes. and over again, expecting different results. And we do that all the time. Yeah. We, constantly, we approach problems the same way over and over again, and we get the same results, which is no result. And nobody's happy. And so it really is about uh, looking at what you want differently and doing things differently. Exactly. And on that note, we'll be right back after a quick break. Stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. 
Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and welcome back. We're talking with Susan Adler about uh, healthy marriages and different components and you know, moving forward in a marriage, uh, when to let go, things of that nature. So, you know, in the last um, segments, we've been talking about these different components about a healthy marriage and different ideas, suggestions that you had um, for listeners who wanted to take steps to improve their marriage and and make it more well. And, you know, kind of getting back to some of the components you mentioned, I this this notion of connection, this we-ness um, that you had talked about. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that because I know oftentimes like with uh, even clients that I've seen or friends that I've talked with, you know, there's always this conflict between what you said, this sense of being an individual person and then also this sense of being a couple. And when it comes to a healthy marriage, what what kinds of things have you noticed really help in balancing those two out? Well, I think, you know, the, the idea that we're a couple and we carve out couple time is, mm. is not something that is universal. Mm. Being a couple, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a document and it's a state <laughs> of being, but it, you know, it has to be something that people are proactive about and, and carving out. And it's, it, it, it is about, it's not just about quality too. It's also about quantity and, you know, 
um, making, uh, having rituals, you know, to say, okay, Saturday night is date night. That's what we're going to do. Um, you know, we're going to spend that time together or, or in the summer we hike, you know, or we're going to, we're going to see the sunset on a regular basis, or we, we're going to walk the dog or, you know, we're going to start up something that we do together, some type, you know, bowling club or wh- whatever, but that you develop um, activities and interests. Um, that help to feed into that feeling of of weeness. Um, mm-hmm. That it's something that you both own as as a goal, and then you take steps towards achieving that. Um, that it's not just a given because you walk down the aisle. You know, it's something that you have to put a lot of energy and time into, and at the same time, to be able to respect um, all the other relationships that the person has in their life. And that's kind of that process of, you know, okay, well, we're going to go to this family party together, but you're going to go out with the guys or I'm going to go out with my girlfriends and I'm going to, you know, see a play because you don't really like plays or, you know, whatever. But that in some relationships, um, people are really threatened um, by um, the person having outside activities and to be able to find activities and, um, you know, care about the fact that, you know what, you have that one guy friend and you used to date him and I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you know, I, I, I don't want to tell you, you know, not to be friends with somebody, but I'm not comfortable. And if you're going to see him, then I, you know, I want it to be couples or I don't want to see, I don't want you to see him at all. It's too, it's painful for me. It doesn't make me comfortable. And so kind of, you know, working together to decide what relationships you're going to have and how everyone feels about them and, you know, the, your degree of independence from each other and fostering that and having connections to all the different kinds of people, um, but also, you know, the, doing things that respect the marriage uh, and they respect that relationship. And also respect like, their time together as well, that it's not just about you know, like what you said earlier, that you are creating these rituals and routines where you're doing things together and you're making um, set things as a couple that you're doing. And, you know, I'm wondering, like in your in your clinical experience, if you've had um, couples come to you that, you know, like one one member of the marriage is always trying to get the other person to do things with them and whatever, and then that person is not wanting to do these different activities. So, so how does that work then in a, in in the you know in this general scope of having a healthy marriage? If one person's doing most of the work and then the other person is not really putting effort into it. Well, you know, sometimes people come in, I have had couples like that where the person's like, well, you know, I want to do this. These are the mm-hmm. things that I find interesting and I want my partner to do them with me and to find them interesting. And the partner may say, you know what, I don't like to do those things. Right. I don't really want to bowl or I don't really want to go to concerts or I don't really like bars. I'm not re- really into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm into these things, you know, and I want them to be like me and to want to do the things I want to do. Yes. And what they have found is that what really works is to find something else then. You know, if if you want to go to concerts and your partner hates concerts, you know, to be able to, you get to go to a concert with a friend now and then, but find something maybe that is a new 
path, you know, mm. maybe, you know, country line dancing or, you know, taking a massage class together or something that's really silly, you know, um, that doesn't even make any sense for either one of you, but that you do it together and you laugh at it, but that you have to have activities that you both feel like doing together, whether or not it's, and it's not about the activity, it's about spending the time together, enjoying each other and pursuing new interests. You know, maybe you want to both take a photography class. None of you know anything about it, and you don't even know if you're going to be interested in it. But you're taking it together, and you're learning something together, and you know you're uh, you're growing together. So it's not about trying to convince the other person to be like you and have the interests that you have. Um, you know, it's about creating that weeness, that togetherness, and doing activities and enjoying things together. And it sounds like even that can be inspirational in and of itself to each other. Like you're finding new pieces about your partner, your spouse by trying new activities, doing different things together, finding new interests, like what you said, creating a new path for your relationship. And making memories. You know, we think about it a lot of people, you know, when we have kids, we're like, oh, I want to make this memory and I want to go on this vacation and I want to, but couples don't often just think about that, you know, with each other. Mm-hmm. To say, you know, let's let's do something together that neither one of us has ever done. Let's make that let's make that memory. You know, let's let's um, let's honor that time. Let's really focus on that moment. You know, it's all about you know these moments, and you you do when you go back over your life, you remember these you know special moments, and you can set them up and create them, and you don't have to spend a lot of money. As I always tell people. It, you know, it doesn't have to be you buy her flowers and a ring and you take him, you know, it can just be, you know, we're going to see the sunset in the summer. We're going to go to the beach mm. and we're going to take a walk and we're going to collect rocks, you know, and mm-hmm. these kind of quiet, simple um, activities um, that, that are, you know, creating the foundation for this relationship. Okay. And so you had mentioned, you know, several other um, elements for a healthy marriage and, you know, just uh, kind of in the time that we have left in this segment, what, what are some things that you, um, that you believe or see are important behaviors to avoid in a marriage in order for a marriage to improve or maintain um, some sense of satisfaction? Well, one of the things I think that gets in the way um, of, of a happy marriage is I always say um, happy people have happy marriages. And if one or both people in the marriage are essentially unhappy people or are suffering from some type of depression or anxiety or, you know, issues from their family that they grew up with or they've never gotten over an, an ex girlfriend or boyfriend or some other past relationship pain or whatever it is, um, that those are things that are going to need to get worked through. And a lot of times, you know, there's a honeymoon period when you fall in love and you think, oh, I'm not depressed anymore. This is great. You know, all of my problems are gone. But then eventually, you know, if there were things, there were reasons why you had that depression, you know, once the euphoria and endorphins and everything are done going off, you're back to where you were and you think that there's a problem in the relationship. And maybe it's not the relationship. Maybe it's just that you were, you were sad before you met this person and now you're, re, you're in touch again with how sad you are and that that is something that, that you need help with or you need to work through or you need to start doing something different. Um, about. So, you know, some of the things that get in the way are just, you know, relationship issues and 
you know, I've done that where people have come for couples counseling and we'll decide, you know what, you don't even need couples counseling. You know, you just need to help your, help get help with this anxiety problem that you're having or this family of origin problem that you're having or, or whatever. Um, Another thing are um, unrealistic expectations. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is a huge one that everyone has, you know, in their mind an idea of how it's supposed to go. Um, and the biggest problem I find is, is mind reading where, you know, she should know, he should know mm. that I don't like A, B, and C or that I didn't want this to happen or that his mother shouldn't come to that or, you know, whatever it is that they, people should know something and really they shouldn't know. You should tell them, you know, mm. you need to be um, clear about what it is you need um, and what you want differently um, and not have expectations that the person is going to read your mind or is going to understand something that maybe they don't understand or they need spelled out a little bit more or they need help with doing um, differently. So, and, you know, that's such a great point that you brought up because I often hear that with um, clients that I may see when they're struggling with issues in their, in their relation or in their marriages that, well, I tell them this or I tell her this every single time it happens, they should know by now. That's generally what I, what I hear. And, and I'm curious then, you know, like for that expectation, what, what suggestion do you have for an individual to help them work through that? So, you know, if, if you know the same problem happens every time, then maybe it's not a good idea to keep doing it the same way every time. Yeah. So what I tell people is to come up with a plan, set it up for success. You know, do I need mm-hmm. to send you a text at five to five so that you remember that we have the appointment today, you know, or, or, or whatever it is, you know, right. that you communicate, you know, back to that first point that you were making about communication, that you communicate with each other to say, how are we going to set this up to do it differently this time? Because we've done it the same way and it always ends in, in a disaster. So let's do it differently. Let's mm-hmm. both of us take responsibility for coming up with a way to approach this that, that, that does it differently. So we have a different result. And on that note, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and thanks for joining us. We're talking with Susan Adler about uh, moving forward, steps to improve your marriage, when to let it go, how do you know about this stuff. And I know before we took um, a break, you had mentioned this idea about, um, you know, how some uh, couples will have unrealistic expectations of each other. And that one way that may help them move forward with that is really developing a different plan to set it up to be successful. And um, I know there was something else that you wanted to talk about with that. So I was wondering if you can do that. Well, mostly, you know, when, when we hit that place where, you know, things are not going well, then we want to put our energy into complaining about it, Mm. into being angry, into judging or criticizing the other person and also into what I call pylons is where you just keep piling on more stuff <laughs> that the other person. Yeah. And you know what? Right. You did this wrong too. And I bet you next week you're going to do that wrong too. You know? So it's like, so I like to focus people on, um, on the present and mm. not bringing in stuff from the past and not projecting out into the future, but focusing on, okay, here's, here's the issue and not what, what you did wrong too. You know, when I complain about what you did wrong, but just, you know, staying right there um, and instead of focusing on complaining or judging or piling on or criticizing or, or whatever, is to focus on what can we do? How can we fix this? Let's both of us, and it's amazing what people come up with because they haven't thought about that. They're so focused on the problem um, that the solution, you know, hasn't even, they haven't even thought, they don't even have a list of things in their head that they could do differently because they're just so married to the idea of this is such a problem and I'm so upset about it and they're in their own pain about it. But when they take a step away from it and say, okay, let's let go of the pain for just one minute. And then they start using their brain. You know, you only have so much energy and if all of your energy is going into being upset or or worried or, or, or mad, then you don't have the energy left over to, to try to fix it. And People come up with a lot of creative ideas of how to fix things once they let go of, of just complaining and being a victim. That's the other thing is, you know, usually everybody feels like a victim. Mm. So, you know, kind of on that note, I mean, it sounds like then when people, when couples are working together as a couple to really um, problem solve from what you're saying, it it really can shift um, the energy within the couple and even around the couple. And, you know, I'm curious if, if you, your thoughts about when, when is it, when does a person know? Cause I'm, I'm just thinking maybe there's some listeners out there right now that are like, yeah, okay, that sounds fantastic. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy. And I've done that and I've done that. And yet things are still not, um, are not improved. They go back to, 
um, where they were before or things have gotten worse and, you know, or, or they, like what you said before, they're just dreading to go home. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, kind of from what you said, how, how does a person know when they need to give up, quote unquote, on a relationship, on a marriage? Well, obviously, if there's, you know, there's some huge, huge problems, like um, if there's violence in the the marriage and if the person is in denial or unwilling to get help, um, if it's not safe physically um, and there isn't a path to making it safe physically, there just doesn't seem like, you know, they're never going to get help. Um, they're not interested in help. They don't think they're the problem. You know, there's denial, all these things, you know, obviously that's, uh, you know, where, where can you go with that? You can either sit there and be abused, um, or you can, you can try to take steps to, uh, get your, extricate yourself from, from an unfortunate, um, situation. So obviously, if there's you know if there's a if there's a physical element that kind of puts this whole thing in a very different category than what we've been talking about um, right. right now. But if there's not some huge major issue like like a, a violence or or addiction or um, you know something of, of that nature um, that that doesn't seem to be resolvable, um, but there are other issues that don't seem resolvable um, and you don't feel like fixing it or your partner doesn't feel like fixing it. They just don't have the energy to fix it or they're just not feeling it for you anymore or you're just not feeling it for them anymore. You know, the chances that you're going to start feeling it, that I I have seen that happen. That has happened. Um, And usually it requires um, individual counseling that, that some of the the lack of feeling to the partner didn't have necessarily to do with the partner. It had to do with their own pain and depression and that they weren't feeling it for anything or anybody Mm -hmm. Um, um, that, you know, there, there are other pieces to it, but if, if there's no motivation for change and there's no real love or commitment left, um, you know, sometimes, you know, the choice is is to leave, but I wouldn't necessarily make that um, decision without getting some help. You know, mm. you know, whether it's talking to, you know, um, a trusted uh, clergy person or, or a therapist or, you know, kind of get, gathering some resources and not just saying, you know, I, I need to give up because I have seen that happen too where people have given up prematurely before they've really gotten help and then they want to go back then they then they regret it and they want to fix it and it's too late. Yeah. You know, so much damage has been done, you know, that um that the the other person isn't isn't going to take them up on it yet. So um you know, it's a really it's a really sad thing uh for a marriage to end and particularly if there are um you know fa- children involved and you know, I mean there's so many components to it. Um, right. That you want to try to uh, you know assess every piece of it and make sure that there's there isn't some way to to try to make it be something that's healthy for for both people and for the for the whole family. And it sounds like I mean like what you said that if 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 one per, if one um, partner or the other just doesn't want that anymore or they recognize that they're not having the same sense of love, then that might be. Um, that then that might need to be communicated even to the other partner 
rather than, you know, because I often like hear about um, like clients and, you know, friends and whatnot that usually things just change and there there's no conversation about it. People don't talk about what's shifting for them or what's going on. And I'm, I'm wondering what, what your thoughts are about that. It's so, it's so lonely. Some marriages mm. are so lonely, you know. There's yes. Just, so it's so painful. Um, and it doesn't need to be that way. No, no, yeah. not at all. And, you know, some people come, you know, come to counseling just to help them end the marriage in a right. way that is respectful and caring, um, you know, and, and just kind of to, to, to resolve it. And you know to to look at it, and it's, it's that can be a very very um, healthy step, um, you know, as as they mourn the, the loss of what they had hoped this marriage was was going to be and was going to do for them. Right. Yeah. And you know, as much I mean, we've talked about so many different things today, and just talking about morning. I'm sad that the show is is ending for today. And so I know that, you know, there may be listeners out there that really do want to um, get in contact with you to find out more information or find out what kind of services that you offer or know more about um, your thoughts about certain things. So what, um, is there some contact information that you want to share with listeners? Well, my practice is um, in Chicago. It's on the south, in the south, uh, in the west suburbs. It's in the Oak Park River Forest area, and my number is seven zero eight seven seven one four six three six. Or my website is uh, www.susanladler.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, and listeners, thanks for staying tuned. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwell hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.